Welcome to Healing Generations, a podcast creating a dialogue uplifting the importance of healing, strengthening, and supporting our communities, and that addresses the disparities and inequities in communities of color. Healing Generations is brought to you by the Healing Generations Institute, a collaborative initiative of the National Compadres Network and the Brotherhood of Elders. Be sure to subscribe to stay up to date on our new releases. Well, I want to welcome you. Uh, This is Jerry Teo uh, from the Healing Generations Institute and the Healing Generations Podcast. And I want to say, Klasuko Amatli, thank you for being here. Noxtin no Mekayetzin, which greets you and all our relations. And, you know, in this new year, I want to say Happy New Year, Happy Winter Solstice, Happy Kwanzaa, just Happy Day, you know. Thank you for joining us this new year, and and we began this cycle of life, uh, this circle of life, in uh, in in an interesting way because you know there's a transition from many things that went on last year, but people were so excited that uh, it was 2021, and we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, 2021, moving from that 2020 vision and what did we see in uh, last year. And how does that teach us or inform us for this new year? But I want to begin uh, in a good way by uh, just thanking Creator and all of our ancestors. Uh, I say to you, thank you. Uh, so blessed to have you um, with us here. And this you know, takes on a lot uh, greater meaning for a lot of us this year because we've seen many people transition, uh, many people you know, cross over. Uh, to become ancestors, and we have people right now that are that are struggling. So, it's it's uh, it becomes, you know, a thing of gratitude just to to when people show up, when people are able to show up and be here, and and you know. So I invite you to to really give thanks just for you being, just for you being able to to be here and listen, and show up in whatever way you show up. You know, uh, that's that first step to uh, to our growth, to our development, to our learning, to our healing. It's showing up. So I, I give you thanks for showing up. Um, I'm hoping that uh, you enjoyed last week's meditation that myself and Maestro Susie offered, and it's a meditation that we recorded a while back, but people keep asking for it. So we wanted to start the new year with that reflection, with that prayer, with that calming with that reminder that uh, it's important for us to ground ourselves and get connected in that way. And so as we begin this year, I just want to um, acknowledge your ancestors and all the sacrifices and all the the teachings and all the blessings uh, that they've given you and even the struggles. You know, we, we come from, from a way of life that, uh, in our indigenous way, that we look at life and duality. That sense of night and day, that sense of ixli or lodl or kari corazon or face and heart or yin and yang or uh, the duality of, of will and intent from many, many different cultures. And that really informs us of you know how life really is. And so as we begin our dialogues and our podcasts about how do we heal generations of, uh, of wounds, heal generations of a false narrative, how do we heal generations of colonial thought and patriarchy and misogyny and and racism and 
and supremacy and all of those things that, that separate us from that, being able to show up holy and being able to show up in a sacred way and being able to show up as blessings. Um, we call to our ancestors and to all that medicine and all those teachings and all of those songs and those drum beats and those prayers and those chants and, and the vibration that has carried us forward, you know. And I know for me, you know, there's been those times in which, um, and maybe this is one of those times in which, you know, you struggle and you're not sure how you're going to get out of that struggle, you know, and, and what we may not realize, what you may not realize, what has been not shared with you, because, you know, sometimes uh, this world doesn't want us to, to really know, to really understand uh, the strength that we have in our own rootedness, the strength that we have in our own culture, the strength that we have in, in our ancestral wisdom. So they don't share these things with you. In fact, we'll share a counter-narrative with you. But one of the teachings that I've learned from the elders and the medicine people and the writings and, and, and life in general is the vibration of our ancestors, those prayers, those songs, those sacrifices, uh, the sweat and tears that they've gone through, the vibration of all of that is within us. And in those times when you don't know what, <laughs> how you're going to get through, uh, will carry you. All those vibration, all that energy, all those songs, all those prayers can can really carry you forward. So I want to, you know, invite you to uh, to contemplate that and think about that and and welcome that into your to your life, you know. We in this Healing Generations podcast, we've invited a whole number of people this last year. We did 28 episodes, and we're so blessed to have so many wisdom keepers that that journeyed along with us and shared their stories and shared their teachings and shared their messages. And you know, today I want to just reflect on some of those teachings. You know, we take too many podcasts to to really reflect on all the teachings, but there was some teachings that I think are very significant as we move ahead. You know, you know, with this year and move on, and and uh, you know, we are in in a again in in this transition, and we uh, in my culture believe this is el sexto sol, the sixth sun. It's the sun. Uh, uh, it's the time and the phase of transition of transformation. It's a time of um, of the feminine, of which. Uh, we get called to go inside, and, and many of us throughout this year have been really called to go inside, uh, to shelter in place, and not only just in a physical place. We've had to shelter uh, in the place of of really reconnecting with that that spirit within us. And sometimes, when you begin to go inside, you um, have to face those many things that maybe we be, we've been able to. Um, to avoid by staying busy and, and and staying so occupied with work or traveling or doing things. And what this time has challenged us to do is to, you know, face our truth, to face the teachings and to face maybe those lessons that now it's important for us to uh, to recollect and it's important for us to to recall and it's important for us to work through. So this sexto soul is is that time that we get called um, to face truth. And if nothing else uh, we have faced this year is a whole lot of truth. And and that may be 
puzzling for some people because we've seen a lot of untruths as well. We've seen a lot of falsehoods. But even in that, you, uh, you begin to recognize, you know, what is reality? What is the true reality? And we've seen it. Uh, we've seen that true reality of, of, of racism that, um, you know, has, has really shown itself. I mean, it's always been here. It's always been around in this country. Um, you know, uh, when the newcomers came, you know, they, they brought their woundedness. And, and sometimes we don't recognize that as that, that, that woundedness that, you know, many of the Europeans that came and the people that, that came to this country came fleeing from their own wounds and, and their own uh, oppression. And they brought that woundedness uh, with them in their bodies, in their vibration and the way they saw life. Uh, and so that woundedness then, uh, as in anything, if you don't deal with your woundedness, then you're going to transfer it. And, and, and they transferred that woundedness to, you know, uh, a lot of people and our native relatives, our African relatives, our, our, and, and immigrant populations. And we see it manifesting today. So, you know, we see the, the, the ramifications of not facing truth, not facing um, the wounds. And it's, you know, reverberated in this country uh, for, you know, close to 500 years. And that reverberation is transferred into systems of oppression, systems of, of, uh, of hurt, of woundedness, of falsehoods. But this year has been one in which... Uh, we begin to see, you know, the the revelations of of truth, and and um, we saw it in the election of you know who you choose and what values and what people what types of people do you choose to uh, to lift up and and stand up for, but we also have seen it in in this uh, this pandemic of uh, of COVID nineteen, in which we the inequities uh, have 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 shown forth. The inequities have shown forth in which uh, the generations of woundedness have then made certain populations very vulnerable. Their immune systems have been compromised for, for generations, and, and now um, we see the result of that, that the disproportionate number of, of, of people of color, of disenfranchised populations uh, are getting sick and dying, and, and at the same time, you know, our relatives at work uh, as essential workers, are on those front lines. You know, we've always been on those front lines. Our people have always been on those front lines. Whether it's been the front lines of, of work, and uh, in, in the fields and in, in feeding the world, whether it's been on the front lines of, of healthcare and working and cleaning and 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 uh, serving, whether it's been on the, you know the, the front lines of healthcare. Of mental health care in communities, whether it's in the front lines of working in the streets and advocating for, for the rights of others, we've always been on those front lines. But as those warriors on the front lines, you know that 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 um, that was one of the teachings that that came early on when we uh, listened to Maestra Concha Salcedo, and uh, you know she was uh, one of the first that we interviewed this year, one of the elders, and you know she talked about you know. That in her life, uh, you know, she came through that civil rights movement and is one of you know the advocates for for uh, justice and and uh, part of the Chicano movement, but also marched with you know with those in the fields 
and and with our African American relatives uh, in, through the civil rights movement as well. And she talked about that anger, about that anger that uh, that she that was in her and that she felt, and that she understood that that anger was really a longing uh, for wholeness, that uh, that it reverberated inside of her when she saw inequity and injustice and maltreatment. And one of the teachings was that she had to figure out a way to transform that anger into love. And when she said that, it was like, what? You know, how do you uh, um, take and approach injustice and inequity and, uh, and hurt and pain and transform that into love? And what her message was is, no, you don't love the action. You don't love what is going on, but you cannot let the woundedness of others then be the vibration that you work with. So that she taught us that you can still be strong and still be advocates and still march and still protest or still be healers and still be policymakers and still do it in a strong way and still do it in a truthful way and still do it in a warrior way, but do it out of love, not out of hate for somebody, not out of hate for people but out of love for all people, love for all our relationships, love for justice, love for a sense of equity. And so the Maestra really talked to us about that transformation. And, and I would say, you know, that it's important. It's important for us to, uh, to contemplate that this year because we see a lot of angry people, you know, on both sides and and. Sometimes that anger, uh, I know for me, um, you know, it, it, it just lifts up again. I th- thought I had dealt with it. I thought I had healed it. I thought I had, you know, through my ceremony and through my traditions and ways, I thought I had dealt with a lot of the anger. And I know, you know, um, when the incidents of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and so many other black and brown and indigenous and native people that are not even mentioned, you know, when I... Uh, saw the news and saw the pictures and saw the video, it like reverberated my body. I felt it at the pit of my stomach. I felt myself tense up. I felt my jaw tense up and I felt my hands like ball up in a fist, like I was back in Compton in the neighborhood. It was almost like I hadn't done any work. And what I had to realize and what was shared, you know, by some of the teachers that, that came on in the podcast, uh, Grace Sesma, that, that talked to us about how you know, our body remembers as a genetic memory about, uh, about the woundedness that goes on. And it's not so that it can debilitate us or that it can make us uh, suffer, but it's so that we don't forget. Because the other thing that has gone on in the society, and, and Dr. Wade Nobles talked to us about, you know, that... that you know the the racism and the hate uh, of people that that if you're not careful that hate can get in you and it can get in your body and then if you don't realize the source of the hate if you don't realize the source of the injustice then it can become ingrained in you and ingrained in the way you do things dr nobles reminded us of the toxicity of the society that we're living in the toxicity of the systems that we live within, the toxicity even of the philosophy 
of mental health and health that wants to put the blame and the ownership of a woundedness on the individual or the family or the culture. And what Dr. Nobles reminded us of is, no, we may be carrying it, but it's not ours. It's really not our wounds. It's the wounds that have been transferred from people that are not willing to deal with their own woundedness, their own hatred, their own systematized uh, policies that want to keep them superior and in control. And we know, we know that sense of wanting to be in control and wanting to be superior because we see it not only in our systems, we see it not only in our society, but also if we're not careful, it filters into our homes and into our relationships. You know, Maestra Patricia uh, Castillo reminded us of that as she works with those wounded women and those wounded men that then are the result of, of violence in relationships. And that's the superiority and wanting to control then can get into our families and into our relationships. And the fear of not being in control if you think that's what you need to do, if that's the ideal relationship, then manifests in you hurting or reacting in a hurtful way to others. And how she reminded us that we need to do our own work. And that work starts with us. You know, um, I've shared with you all, you know, a number of times that, you know, part of the the medicine that I've gained on this journey, you know, came from a group of men that we gathered uh, 32 years ago, you know, and, and our goal was to really address some of this uh, internalized oppression, some of the violence that went on in our homes, uh, the drug abuse, the domestic violence, the gang violence, the, uh, the misogyny, uh, the sexual abuse, all those things that we saw going on in our home. And I, and I shared with you, you know, as, as you know, Dr. Carrillo had reminded us as well, you know, about the ramifications of, of not understanding um, our true narrative, not understanding who we really are. And, and this society really, part of the way that it breaks us down is it gives us a false narrative. It makes us ashamed of who we are by not letting us know about our medicine or about our history or about our true culture, the sacredness of who we are, and begins then to propagate a, a narrative of, of deficiency or inadequacy uh, and only shares the part of our history that will shame us or make us feel bad about who we are. And so that gathering that took place, you know, 32 years ago, in which a group of us men gathered, and Dr. Carrillo and I were, uh, were two of the people that, that called to the men because we knew we had seen in our own homes that violence. And so the reverberation of that woundedness was in me. I didn't understand that that's what I was really um, trying to do is to heal my own wound with my own father, who I had seen uh, disrespect my mother in, in, in many different ways. But so we gathered with the thought that we were going to create programs and create interventions. And what we, as we sat in that sacred circle after we shared our prayer and after we asked the ancestors to come in, the ancestors stepped in. And what the ancestors revealed to us is that we were wounded that those generational wounds, even though we're so-called the professionals, the social workers, the therapists, the advocates, the, the lawyers, the teachers, 
is that we hadn't dealt with our own woundedness, and that some of those wounds that society historically had presented and inflicted on us were now within us. We carried in our bodies, in our minds, in our narrative, in our relationships, and if we didn't be careful, we would pass them on to the next generation. And so we learned a valuable lesson uh, with those elders that came on that talked to us about doing our own work. And that because you have woundedness doesn't make you dysfunctional. It doesn't mean that you're dysfunctional. It means that you're human. Because we all have that duality. I was mentioning that duality of night and day. And, and so we all have that blessing of, of the light, blessings of, of, of traditions and customs. And, and even if you don't know, even if you don't logically in your mind remember, didn't have a grandma that passed on those teachings to you, didn't have that ceremonial way, it's in your DNA, it's in your genetic memory. And so we must call to those light teachings, those ways, and we have to water them. We have to really, you know, water them. And you know, as as we were discussing uh, with uh, Baba Kweli, who is a uh, healing practitioner, uh, a chiropractor, but also a practitioner of, of of history and of words and of changing narratives and and recalibrating the the true narrative. He shared with us about how if we don't deal with these things, if we don't address these things, the body keeps the score. And the body then begins to tighten up or and I know, you know, I know myself, you know, in going to uh practitioners, I I think I'm fine, you know, I'm going just to just to get an adjustment and and you know, and going to my chiropractor says, man, you are all crooked. You know, and I said, no, no, it's just my neck. No, it's not your neck. It's your back. It's your legs. It's down to your ankles. It's your head is is uh, is too tight, and you're all off balance. But sometimes we get so used to being off balance that we can't even recognize. And Baba Kweli talked to us about the importance, you know, of of listening to our bodies of feeling our bodies, of feeling that vibration, right? So that we know we can recognize when we're not right. You know, and 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 what this pandemic has really um, illuminated is some of the things that are not right, that we don't feel good about. It's really gave us some time to reflect. And and for some of us it's it's been very scary. For some of us it's been very troubling to feel those things. And to not know because they're they're foreign to us because we haven't paid attention to them. But it's really given us an opportunity to now um, reconnect with our rhythm, with our song, with with that uh, you know that that vibration that is healthy for us. And early on, um, Baba Greg Hodge, you know, shared with us about those rhythms, about the rhythms of the drum about the memory of the drum you know, in each of our cultures. And in each of our cultures, there is a drum. There's a sacred drum that, that, uh, that vibrates in sync with the drum that our mamas gave us. You know, our mamas gave us that heartbeat. So we are genetically connected that way. And, and Baba Greg Hodge and Mo- Baba Moshe and um, 
other brother, Maestro Garcia, began to share rhythms and songs and talk to us about you know, the historical context of why we have these, this music and why we have the drums and why we chant and why we sing and why we pray with rhythm and why we have these ways of singing sacred songs. Because what happens when you get into a certain vibration to a certain rhythm that is sacred, it links up with all of those ancestor ways, right? All those things, you know. And, and, uh, and I remember that. I remember that vibration, that rhythm. I didn't recognize it at the, at the time. But I remember that when babies would cry, my mama or my grandma or one of the, the women would go pick up that baby. You know, and the baby's crying, wah, 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 all over the place, right? And they go pick up that baby, and you hear him, roo, 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 alla roo, roo, mijito, alla roo, 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 ya, alla roo, roo, mijito, alla roo, 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 ya. And I didn't understand, you know, that's just a baby song. But that baby that was crying calmed down and many times fell asleep, grounded back in the sacredness, back in the mother's womb, back in that sacred song. So we were reminded by a number of people that carry song and rhythm and carry music and 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 vibrations as their medicine, the importance of finding our song, the importance of us really utilizing our song, of us creating our song, of us singing our song, singing our vibrations, taking time to vibrate with our prayers, and even to the extent of being reminded that silence is a sound too. It's a certain vibration when you sit in silence. And silence, different places, sounds different. But where is your silence? And what we learn you know, from, from many of these elders as they came through is that you must create a time. You must allocate a time in which you can be quiet when you allow the silence. And next week we're going to hear from Maestra Susie and Maestra Deborah, who will talk to us again. They came on and Maestra Susie talked to us about, you know, the significance of prayer, the significance of, of being in your own prayer way, of developing your own, you know, prayer rituals. And she mentioned to us the importance of creating a time of silence, a time where you're not saying anything, but that you're just listening and taking in. It's almost, she said, it's we a lot of times exhale, but never leave room to inhale, to inhale the blessings from the Creator, to inhale the blessings from the ancestors, to inhale the teachings, to inhale the medicine. So she reminded us, along with Maestra Deborah, of of us creating time 
in order that we could get that medicine, so we could hear the teachings, so we can feel the answers, so that we can really begin to grow that part of us, the light part of us, so that when the other part, the shadow part comes, when the challenges come, when the conflicts come, we have medicine and we have songs and we have traditions that can guide us through. And so it's about that teaching of, of, of how do you, how do we create that space in which we can continue to learn and continue to grow and continue to, to vibrate that way. You know, um, as we, you know, went along in, in you know, listening to, you know, the, the different teachers, one of my good friends, me, moi, um, from Washington, D.C., uh, where she lives now, talked to us, you know, about her historical journey. And, and it was really powerful, you know, to me that uh, when she talked about that transition from her living amongst the nature, in the trees, listening to the water, listening to the wind, in the jungle of where she lived, and then when they moved here, hearing nothing, being nothing but on concrete, and hearing sirens, and hearing the noise and what a tremendous shock that was for her. How it really distorted uh, her sense of well-being. And that what she had to do is learn how to acclimate herself in the society without losing the sense of who she was. And the beautiful message that, that uh, me shared with us was that you know her whole journey of becoming a, a lawyer, and then, and then because the community called for it, because the community called that they needed a voice. They needed someone that understood them, someone that loved them, someone that saw them, someone that could represent them, that they needed to be in a political position. And she says, I never thought of doing that, but because the community needed someone. And they called me, then I ran for office, never thinking, never thinking that I could do that, that I would even want to be that. And I don't know how many times probably all of you have felt yourself in a position, why am I doing this? Can I do this? Am I capable of doing this? I don't even want to do this. But sometimes the community calls us to step up, to speak up, to step in, and to be the voice. And she shared that teaching of when she won that election. And she looked out and she saw all these people that looked like her. All these generations and the young girls and, and other women and the elders, that that was their dream. These elders that had sacrificed, that worked two, three jobs, that traveled across an ocean to get here so that they could fulfill a dream that their children and grandchildren would have better opportunities. 
And she said she looked out in the audience and she saw people crying with joy. And then she had to speak. And she was so filled with emotion, happy emotion, but with emotion, that she didn't know she could speak. And her grandmother came up to her and says, you are our voice. You must speak. You are our voice. And with that, she was able to speak. And she was able to, to give thanks and be in gratitude to all those people that showed up for her and represent them for a whole number of years. But then she realized that that was only part of the journey. Her struggling and her fighting for racial equity and justice was only part of the duality. Because then she realized also the reason why so many people were acting in an inappropriate way, were, were oppressing others and, and being racist and is because they were wounded. And the other part of that was that those that were wounded never got healed. So that those wounds got transferred into families and communities, including hers, and, and I, they were including mine too, and probably all of ours that are listening. The, the journey then gave her another part of her sacred journey, part of her sacred purpose, and that was to focus on racial healing. And so she began that journey of racial healing. And many of us, many of you, that's the work you do as well. That we must recognize the duality of both. Yes, we have to do systemic change, and yes, we had to advocate for policy change, and yes, we have to advocate you know, against racism and oppression and misogyny and patriarchy, all of that. But the duality of that is we also must then focus on healing, healing these generations and healing the wounds of so many of us, and it starts with us. It really, really starts with us. And that blessing of going on this journey of racial healing, of individual healing, of community healing, of our own family healing. And, and one of the teachings that came very strong through all of this was the teaching of forgiveness. That we recognize that through this generations of, of dealing uh, with a society and a system that uh, is built on a racist, capitalistic uh, way of life, if you will, that there's a lot of wounds there. There's a lot of wounds there that have then been transferred into our communities, into our own families, into our own relationships. And, and so many of us struggle with the wounds, yes, of society, but also the wounds that we have experienced from our own relatives, from our own parents sometimes, from, uh, from people in our own community. And so our community becomes divided. And so we must do our own work, and that's what this podcast is about. That's about what the work of the National Compadres Network, the Brotherhood of Elders, the Comadres Network, and their effort, which they will introduce next week, Amayeli, which is a beautiful uh, effort about you know, really nurturing the water, uh, cleansing the water, enriching that next generation that way. You know, we must do that work for this next generation. 
And that's the work that uh, this Healing Generations Institute uh, calls us to do. Calls us really to take uh, the responsibility of, of acknowledging our blessings, but also acknowledging our wounds. And, and that first step of, of acknowledging that and then understanding it, understanding that sometimes the woundedness that has come to us um, has come because of the woundedness of even our relatives, our parents. And it wasn't because they wanted to wound, wound us, and it doesn't mean they weren't accountable for what they did, but part of our growth and healing is being able to forgive. And forgive doesn't mean you forget, it just means that you stop blaming them. And you give them back the woundedness. You say, I don't understand, and let me share um, my goodness now. And that transformation, which we will spend a whole session just on forgiveness this year. We're going to talk just about that forgiveness. We're going to talk this year about gratitude. We're going to talk this year about compassion. We're going to talk this year about how do we uplift ourselves in the midst of, of struggle and chaos. And so as you begin then to uh, contemplate you know, your walk this year, you know, in this year of 2021, um, we invite you to, to, to walk with us on this journey. And we invite you that if there's certain topics or certain speakers you'd like to hear, to let us know. Let us know, and, uh, and maybe some of you are, are great uh, teachers and great healers. You'd like to come on and share some words with us. And, and, and this now, in the second phase of this, this next year of the podcast, we're going to diversify a little bit. So I will be coming to you um, once a month to, uh, to really share um, you know, with, with the people that I bring on. But then uh, Maestra Deborah and Maestra Susie will then uh, be guiding one of the podcast weeks as well and, and share the teachings uh, that, that come you know, from those people that they bring on. We then, uh, because I'm going to bring on the elder focus, and they're going to bring, you know, another focus. We then will will also have a yelder focus, and when we have <laughs> the three generations we call elders, yelders, and then youth, right? And so we will have um, a a week that will deal with the yelders, those that are in between, those are the bridge uh, people, the ones between the youth and the elders. And a lot of times, you all that are the elders are really the ones that are doing a lot of the heavy lifting, a lot of the heavy work, a lot of the transformational work. And so we're going to invite conversation and dialogue about that perspective, that third direction. And then the fourth direction, the fourth week of podcast every month will be our young people. And uh, we invite young people to come on and share their teachings, their flow, their riff, however they do it. And they're going to bring on their rhythms and, and their perspective as well. And, uh, and so that we can have a more uh, comprehensive look at how do we heal and what are those that medicine that we need to bring forward for all of our generations that way. You know? With that, I want to thank you. you know, thank you for, for, uh, for joining us uh, this week and invite you to continue you know, on your journey with us. And, and uh, you know, I'm excited about this year that we're going to really have some wonderful, wonderful dialogue and wonderful medicine and wonderful healing that will go on, uh, you know, and, and we thank again the ancestors and we thank all of you for your support. And uh, we invite you to 
to continue listening and may you continue your blessings, may you continue your work, and may you can continue uh, sharing all the healing medicine with that next generation to go on. Thank you very much. For more information about Healing Generations and the Healing Generations Institute, visit nationalcompadresnetwork.org and be sure to subscribe to stay up to date with our new releases.